and I'm still trying to find the balance, but I know it's there because I know people like that. You know, I see people, peers of mine that have this incredible relationship with their bodies and I see them eat whatever they want and not feel guilty about it. I would like to like gain strength and gain muscle and lose some fat. And again, even just saying that, I'm like, is that okay for me to say? Goodbye diets and hello, sustainable health. I'm Elise, dietitian and nutritionist based in the Silicon Valley. I believe that we all deserve an effortless relationship with food without obsession. Today, we have on the podcast, Melanie Lorene, also known as your internet big sis from Calgary, Canada. And I stumbled upon her TikTok and felt like she had such a refreshing and real take on body image, mental health, and self-care. And if you don't have a big sister, and I definitely do not as an only child, she will keep you grounded and in check. So welcome, Melanie, to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'll just make a note that I'm actually the youngest sister in my family. So like the big sis thing is like, my way of maybe paying it forward <laughs> and like my way of, of being the big sis and sharing my life experiences and hopefully helping some people along the way. Yeah, that is actually such a funny fact because like, you have such big sister energy. I get that from you. Thank you. Well, I'll take that as a compliment because like I, I love my big sister, but I have, I have two big sisters um, and they were really close and yeah, they're amazing. But I'm like, definitely the youngest. I'm the youngest by four and six years. So I was always, I guess like I always had role models to look up to, um, but I never really had anyone to impart my wisdom on. So I feel like maybe this is my time on the internet to do that. (laughs) This is your time, Melanie, to shine. Well, can you tell everyone a little bit more about you, who you are and how you came to be the internet's big sis? Yeah, so my name is Melanie. Correct. I live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I was born and raised here, 28. And I work at a marketing agency, my nine to five. I work specifically in social media. And then outside of my nine to five, I've taken a liking to creating content on Instagram, TikTok, and recently YouTube. And it's really just evolved over the years where I've kind of gone down a bunch of different paths and always felt called to share my experiences on social. And it's really only been the last year or so that I've kind of stepped into that like internet big sis role. Um, Because I work in social media for my day job, I see that has a lot of value. But I also see that there's a lot of things that we need to be aware of, especially for young people. And I'm really passionate about trying to navigate like a better relationship with social especially like us as adults so that we can then pass that on to our kids because for us like when we grew up we didn't have social and I can't imagine what it's like being a kid and that's kind of where my passion stems from and I also have a lot of lived experiences with some mental health challenges and so I really like to share about that because when I was a teenager I didn't really see much of that online and I was really seeking it out to see that I wasn't alone so I try again, like a lot of what I share is just kind of trying to pass along where there was a lot of like resources that I wish were available when I was, you know, like a young or like a teen and then a young woman. So that's kind of where my North Star is, I guess. And I'm so excited to chat with you because I actually, after high school, started my journey to become a registered dietitian. 
No way. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I only ended up doing a year and a half of schooling on that path. And I, I really did enjoy it. And I, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but it really stemmed from a passion for like food and nutrition when I was younger and always being curious about it. And I really, my mom sort of showed me that career option because she was in healthcare and I really liked the sound of it. So I went and was pursuing that. And I only really like course corrected and went a different path because I did experience like my first bout of depression when I was in school and it forced me to take a break from school. And then when I reconsidered everything, I actually then went to a different path and I ended up taking business and going to marketing. But that was the the beginning of my journey. And I have so much respect for registered dietitians. And I have some friends that are RDs. And I think like, especially within the social media world, so important that we look to you for information. It's like, it's, I think it's good for us to share our, our experiences with food and things like that. But I do get really worried about information online and especially on TikTok I'm sure that you have some thoughts around that of just crazy stuff happening and just like the content sometimes I just think is not it I couldn't have said it better sometimes it's just not it I want to hear from you you mentioned therapy and I I feel like I have a sixth sense for people who Mm. go to therapy and think introspectively and just think about themselves and how they interact in the world on a deep level. I could just tell looking at your content that Melanie, she goes to therapy. She's a deep thinker. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. I've been in therapy since I was 19. So I wish I would have gone before that, but um, yeah, I've been in therapy for about 10 years off and on, and it's such a blessing in my life. And I wish that more people had access to it, but It has really, really, really helped me. It has helped me like on my mental health journey, but then also just even when I'm feeling like the past couple of years, I've felt pretty well. I've felt stable. I don't deal with depression, anxiety like I used to, but I just like love talking to my therapist. Like we could just like, we could just be buddies. I mean, I know I'm not her buddy, but that's what it feels like. Like we really can just talk through things and it's just amazing. Like I just love talking to her and it's like fun for me. I feel you. I feel like if we were just best friends with our therapist in real life, our lives would just be that much better. (laughs) I know. I have to remind myself like, okay, like I'm like the patient here, but no, I found a really good therapist. And yeah, I, I, I also love when you find out that someone else like is in therapy or has gone to therapy. Cause just this, like, you know, for someone to choose to go, it says a lot about them. And I don't know, you just can connect with them deeper usually. Mm-hmm. I remember, I'll share a little bit about myself um, since okay. we're starting here. I first started therapy when I was in high school and that was mostly because of my own food issues. And so mm-hmm. I remember going to the therapist and thinking, I need to sort this food thing out. Something is amiss. Like we got to get this right. And that was my start of the journey. But it, it also, for me, stemmed way back. And I'm going to sidetrack a little bit. I do remember seeing your TikTok or no, it was your Instagram story months ago during Christmas time that you went to the Mm -hmm. Nutcracker. And Mm. I literally went the same week that you went to see the Nutcracker here in the Bay Area. So I was wondering, did you have ties to ballet as a kid? No, I didn't. I honestly don't think I would have been able to survive if I did. I went to the ballet 
because I was doing a partnership with the Alberta Ballet, which was really fun. And it was just so fun for me to go. But no, I did not. I, I didn't do dance at all as a kid. And I'm sure that some people had good experiences with it. But with my history, I'm glad that I didn't. And I think my mom sort of had this like sixth sense of like not putting me in in dance because she was I feel like she kind of knew that I wouldn't be able to handle the pressures of it or like any sort of things that go along with that so no but you were a ballerina when you were younger well I that is an overstatement um (laughs) (laughs) anyone who does ballet to me is a ballerina That yes, what a compliment. No, I did ballet when I was like eight, I think eight Mm -hmm. to 12. And that's already too late, too late in the game to be starting because my limbs had already started to like, you know, solidify. My flexibility was not there. So I was always the oldest kid in the room, the least flexible, but I had a lot of fun. I do remember at one point that staring at myself in front of a mirror with like 20 other girls and their little tutus was like too much. It was Mm -hmm. like, too much stimulation. I would always see my little belly as like a nine-year-old poke through because my back is really arched. So which that means my belly looks really arched in front of the mirror, triggering to to say the least. And I tried to go back to ballet as an adult in college. That was not a swell going back to situation. Yeah, that can be hard. Yeah. I, as a kid, I played soccer and I've always, people have always been like you should join an adult league and I just know myself well enough that if I went back and I wasn't good at all which I know I wouldn't be because I haven't played in like 15 years (laughs) I know that I wouldn't be able to handle that so I'm just like "Mm, no (laughs) not for me not for us at this time yeah I would love to hear more about your interest in this world of body and food and how that all started. As a kid, I was, I don't know where this came from, but I was always interested in food and nutrition. Like I must've been 12 years old. And I told my mom that I wanted to try out being a vegetarian. And she was a little concerned because I was pretty young and she didn't really quite know why. And I don't know if I knew why either. I had this like interest in experimenting and And so she did take me to go see a registered dietitian to chat through that. But we kind of joke about how my mom felt that I knew more. This is not true at all. But we joke about how I knew more about like vegetarian protein sources and that than this dietitian that we went to go see just at the children's hospital. And I guess that just goes to show like how much I was really interested in it, I guess. And that was a pretty good experience, honestly, from, you know, like I was a young teenager, I guess, and I vegetarian for a while. And for some reason, I just really enjoyed it. And I loved cooking and finding new recipes. And then when I got um, closer to in my high school years, in my high school years, I definitely middle school, high school, I definitely like a lot of young women and men had self-esteem issues and you're kind of growing into your body but I was very thin and small and it's kind of interesting to look back and I was having like body image issues but I think I was I was very small and you know but it doesn't just doesn't matter really what you look like but but yeah and then my mom presented me a couple of options that she saw could be a potential career option to me and I was like registered dietitian for sure. I thought of myself sort of working one-on-one with people and helping them. And I just like really loved this idea. So I was like, okay, it's done. So then I went off to university studying there. It was pretty good. And, and my relationship with food was actually pretty good, I would say. And then it was really from age 19 to, I'm going to say 25, um, where I started having some issues. And a lot of it stemmed from 
when I would go through a depressive episode, I would drop so much weight and quickly because it would just completely um, take out my appetite. And there was even points where when I was still living with my mom, she would buy me boost so that I would be drinking that so that I wouldn't drop so much weight, but I, it was just falling off of me. Um, and I think that my issues really started then because people were complimenting me like left and right. Like people were, I was the most depressed I've like ever been, but I was like the thinnest I've ever been. And people were just praising me, praising me, praising me. So I, it, it was not a good time in my life, but I thought, well, the one thing I do have is people think that I'm beautiful and they think that I'm thin. And, and I, I thought I looked good too. I mean, I was, I, I knew that I was like for my frame and for, I knew that I was a bit too thin, but you know, it was this one thing that I felt like was kind of good. And so then that became challenging when I would recover. I've had a couple of sort of big depressive episodes and then I would recover. And when I would recover, my love for food would come back and my appetite would come back. And that was always like my telltale sign that I was doing a lot better was when I was interested in food again and felt really good. Right. And then my weight would restore. And I went through a couple of cycles like that. And um, just, you know, a lot of stuff comes with that, I guess. And sort of around age 25 was really when I was became like pretty stable with my mental health and kind of went into, okay, what is like my, my lifestyle going to be like? And I knew at that point that I had a lot of issues with food, with exercise, with body image and confidence. And I really wanted to change that. So I sought out a bunch of resources and I learned a lot about diet culture and I learned about intuitive eating. I started trying to follow registered dietitians that had like um, an approach that I resonated with. And I really tried very hard to um, heal my relationship with all of that. And in that, I started eating meat again because I realized that I couldn't have any food rules or I didn't want any. I just needed to kind of have a complete reset. So that was really helpful. And a couple of years went by where I, I was, I was felt pretty good because I'd kind of completely gotten rid of any food rules, any exercise rules of like, you need to do this and that. Um, and then it's just recently that, um, honestly, the past couple of months, I would say is I've really wanted, I've felt this calling to go back into investing in my health. And that's why I think, you know, I've, I've posted some TikToks about this and some YouTube videos where I'm, and this chat couldn't have come at a better time because I'm in a, in a weird spot where I sort of knew that when I kind of re-entered the ring of health, quote unquote, or a desire to incorporate more nutritious foods, a desire to start exercising again, because I gave myself a pass for many years where I was just like, if you don't feel like exercising, don't, because your relationship to it is so messed up that we need to like kind of take a break before we can restart. So I'm kind of on this journey now where um, I do have some, I guess, aspirations to feel better. I do have some aspirations to like change the way that I look and I never could have touched that before. Like there's no way. Um, so I'm in this new, new territory and that's 
that's the that's the short version of it all. <laughs> I could see you during this part of the conversation. You started to really smile at the very end. And so I'm sensing the shift recently where you're something is different. And what do you think is different now? I think what's different now is I've given myself permission that it's okay that I have these feelings of wanting to invest in my health. Like, I think it's so complicated where when you have sort of like, I would say I never, I never had an eating disorder, but I definitely had disordered eating and a flawed relationship with my body and I thought that I would never be able to allow myself to, um, you know, go on any sort of health journey. I thought that I wouldn't be able to do that without spiraling into, you know, a disordered lifestyle again. And so I guess I, I do feel pretty joyful now because I'm learning and I'm honestly, I'm learning from other people, really, like I really am. I'm listening to podcasts and YouTube videos. And I feel so grateful that people are out there putting this out there. And I feel really grateful to social media in that regard. And you have to be picky, obviously, of what you consume. But, um, you know, people giving me permission that you can sort of say no to diet culture, but you can still have goals within nutrition and fitness. And you can have things that you're working on. And it, um, that's okay too. Like, I just didn't think it was okay before. I thought, I don't know, it was weird. I just thought anything was too triggering to me, to be honest. So I feel really happy that I'm able to even like, I mean, you've been so lovely so far, but I don't know if I would be able to have this conversation before, because I don't think I would have been grounded in my journey. And I don't know how, I, I, I think I would have just been in a, in a bad spot with it but I feel good now. So yeah, that's why I feel better now. <laughs> I can just see you smiling and it reminds me of this saying, and you might be able to relate to this. So I say this a lot. My listeners probably already are familiar with this analogy, but imagine that I gave you two car keys, Melanie. One is to this like rinky dinky old car. It's just the paint is a little chipped. Everything's just a little bit old. And then you have the second car key, which is to a brand new shiny Porsche. And the question then is, which one would you more likely take care of, wash and like polish every single week? Mm -hmm. The new one. I have that exact issue with my car, (laughs) (laughs) like with my actual car. (laughs) I know. I used to have a rinky dinky old car too. I never washed that thing. Exactly. Um, Yeah. But I think what I'm sensing from you as you're talking about this is I think you're looking at your body from a different light as well, where maybe tell me if I'm onto something, maybe you're seeing it from a more positive light and maybe you're feeling more accepting of it where it's at, regardless of where it's at. So now thinking about goals or taking care of it feels a little bit more gentle. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's where I'm coming from now is I want to, something that helped me with like exercise specifically was getting an Apple watch and seeing my heart rate go up during exercise. And I'm, I guess I'm really like data focused because I would see that and I would be like, okay, great. Objectively, I know that increasing my heart rate a couple times a week is good for me. And so like, I had to almost like take the emotion out of it and be like, my doctor would tell me that 
moving my body a couple times a week, elevating my heart rate would be healthy for me. And so I was able to kind of like engage, whereas before I would be going into a workout, you know, thinking like, oh, I ate this and I have to work out or, you know, just not, you know, not from a positive, not from like an I'm adding on to my life kind of place. And it's the same with food. I, I used to be like very restrictive, but now I'm thinking more so what I can add in and what will make me feel good. And it's a totally different, it's a, it's a total shift. And I guess there's, there's part of me that I'm like, oh man, I wish that I would have just had some of these tools 10 years ago. So I wouldn't have had to go through so much, but I don't think my experience is all that uncommon, unfortunately. Especially when you mentioned, you know, in your, in your periods back when you were younger, when people would compliment you based on your body's changing. I remember talking to a patient a while ago and she mentioned something very similar where she grew up in India, in rural India, and it was a small village and the village actually liked plumper girls, like being plump okay. and being a little bit heavy set was actually favorable. And so all throughout growing up, she never thought about her body. Like it just was like, oh, this is my body. I'm just going to like do my thing. And she had brothers and a really big appetite. And then later on, she moved to a big city in India and in that big city, being thin was ideal and preferred. And so then that's when she noticed, oh, okay, my body's a little bit different. It's not the ideal. And then she moved to the States. And that was when it was like, oh my God, it was everywhere. Like thin diet culture was just every single pore of her body was like, I need to be thinner. I need to fit into these clothes. I need to be accepted and love. And all, the only way to get there is to be thin. And so her eating and relationship with food and body image just spiraled. Mm-hmm. The really the the pressure cooker of your external environment is so real and we all live in it on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. And I think that now we're a lot more understanding that it's not really appropriate to comment on someone's body, even if it even if you think that you're giving them a compliment. Like the people in my life don't comment on my body anymore. And I'm grateful for that because it just wasn't all that helpful. Well, it, you know, it was like it was sort of it it fed this little like devil on my shoulder, right? Like I, when I was thinner, I would get more praise and compliments and, and yeah. And also just kind of coming into being a woman, like when I was in, when I was a teenager and my like early twenties, you know, I still kind of had like a girl's body. And I think that's something too, like for me and my, my peers, we, think a lot of people will think back and be like oh I wish I was my high school weight and it's like well how could you be you know like you hadn't even really developed into into your body so it's it's also a journey of sort of accepting myself where I am but then yeah again being being okay with wanting to to work on my health and that's just been this whole you know really trying to find that balance and also trying to because I I know how like triggering certain things can be for me. I think it's really helped me to watch the way that I speak about things. So when I started sharing about wanting to exercise more frequently, um, I was really evaluating like how I was speaking on it. And I'm not going to be perfect all the time, but I think like some people, especially on social media, like it can, you know, there's a lot of triggering content and a lot of it is like, young people and they don't really know that it's triggering and they're in their own 
sphere that are, they're dealing with whatever, but particularly on TikTok, I am concerned <laughs> a lot of the times the goal would be to have more voices like yours and more, you know, people that are educated and credentialed to be able to speak on some of these topics. Mm-hmm. And I'm sensing from you too, that you're playing around with this idea of detaching your health goals from body goals. Would you agree? Yeah, I'm trying to strike the balance or or I'm trying to, I guess I'm trying to, because I have a multitude of goals and there's the majority of them, I would say, focus directly on my health. But I guess the way that I'm looking at it is like as a byproduct, I would like to like gain strength and gain muscle and lose some fat. And again, even just saying that, I'm like, is that okay for me to say? Like, it's so hard for me to distinguish. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like there's really someone and even you for to say like, it's okay or not okay. But, you know, I think I've had such a complicated history that even coming to terms with that, I feel a little bit bad where I'm like, well, why can't I just accept my body the way that it is? Hmm. Let's just hypothetically say, and take this with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. that your body, we don't have to get into the, the nuances, but let's just say it stayed the same. How would that make you feel about exercise? Um, if my body stayed the exact same, if I think I would... I would still be happy that I was incorporating that habit. And I'm, I would imagine that I would probably feel good physically and mentally, like exercise is definitely a, a good thing for my mental health. And that's like, like really important in, in my journey. Um, but I think one of the things would be, because I mentioned before where I am like a big data person and I also really value like science I think there'd be a part of me that would be like but isn't my body supposed to change a little bit like if I were to I guess it would I I do know that diet plays a huge role Um, but yeah I think hypothetically I would be a little bit confused I guess so there would be a little bit of doubt that you're doing it right Mm -hmm. let me take a step back and maybe I can help with this this sort of internal dialogue (laughs) This is great. This is awesome. Thank you. So uh, the thing about fitness, and you're absolutely right. And for every single one of us, fitness and exercise and movement, they're all great things. I think what we sometimes forget is that regardless of our body size, we can be just as fit. So we can be in a bigger body and exercise and move and do the things that take care of our, our bodies and be just as fit as someone in a smaller body. Right. And on the flip side, for someone who doesn't take care of themselves or doesn't move or exercise, regardless of their body size, they can be tiny, tiny, tiny. They're at twice the risk of death. I know that sounds morbid, but you can just think of it as health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're twice as likely to die than someone who, who is fit, regardless of their body size. So really it boils down to, to how you're taking care of yourself, regardless of your body size. So how does that sit with you? Yeah. I mean, when you say that, I'm like, I know that, you know, like, I'm like, I remind myself that like, I know that because I definitely, I, I think I, I pride myself on, on being accepting and celebrating all different types of bodies and knowing that someone's body size or weight is not an indication of their health. So it's, 
it's interesting because why am I not, you know, reflecting that back onto myself? I guess over the past 10 years, I've had a lot of body changes, fluctuations up and down times where I've been, you know, working out more and more fit. And so I think my own experience with my body has been that it does change with a change in diet and a change in, in exercise or, or like the addition of exercise. Cause there has been years where I just have not done anything really. And so I guess that's, that's an interesting thing to, to think about too, as I'm going back into this, into this journey, like it's, it's not to say that my journey will be the same as what it was because our bodies are always changing, I guess. So that's really good to think about. <laughs> I'm going to take it one step farther. If you were to imagine yourself and all bodies in the world, if we were all just blobs, like you were a blob, I was a blob. We were just blobs. <laughs> yeah. Then how would you move and how would you nourish yourself? What would feel the most right for you? Oh, that is so interesting. And I wish that we were all blobs. <laughs> I know, right? Like, wouldn't that make things pretty, like a lot easier? We would be able to focus our energy on so many other things because we wouldn't have to worry about what we looked like because we'd all be a blob. <laughs> I think this question hits different for everyone because some people feel like a weight lifted off their shoulders. And yeah. the, the more weight you feel left lifted off your shoulders, the more it means that your body has really dictated how you operate. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Cause I was like, wow, that would be so nice. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that definitely hit for me how I would move and nourish. I think it would be, it would really be in a similar way. I think I would, I would almost think, and I don't know if this is true, but I would almost think that maybe my will or my like wanting to move my body would maybe be increased I think that like sometimes I really get stuck in my head where maybe I actually do feel like moving but then there's this voice in my head that's like well if you're going to move you might as well you know do x y and z to make it count or make it worth it or this you know like I think I wonder if there was no impact to appearance if that would take off some of the pressure and maybe I would be able to get through some blocks that I have sometimes because sometimes there has been times too where uh, there's been you know I'll be not in great shape not moving very often and then when I do I get discouraged because I'm moving and my body doesn't feel like a body that has been moving you know like it's it's a bit it's a bit slower it's not as strong it's um it can feel like I can feel uncomfortable in my workout clothes, things like that. So it can, it can be discouraging to me. So I wonder if I was a blob and I just never, my blob shape never changed. Um, maybe, you know, I would be even more active. Mm, I haven't heard that answer before. <laughs> really? I mean, maybe that's wishful thinking. I don't know. But I do think that sometimes it's it's annoying that um, I find it annoying that there's so many sort of factors at play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with food too, the times in which I really had no food rules and was just eating whatever I wanted to, I was just the most at peace I've ever been with food because I just ate what I wanted to and I didn't, and I would stop and then I would, you know, I would satisfy my cravings and it felt really like natural and I just didn't worry about it too much. Sometimes I think about the intuitive eating body image journey. And I just think 
that if we just closed our eyes and took away the mirrors and took away all external noise for the first six months, that things would actually be really effortless with, with mm-hmm. all of this. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I th- yeah, I think that you're right. Cause yeah, for me, I, I felt like very at peace with food and allowing myself to eat whatever. And I was allowing myself to rest and not exercise, but then I wasn't, I wasn't really comfortable in my body. So then I think I, I realized that there's got, I I realized like, there's gotta be a balance between this, you know, like there, I don't know. And I'm still trying to find the balance, but I know it's there because I know people like that. You know, I see people, peers of mine that have this incredible relationship with their bodies and I see them eat whatever they want and not feel guilty about it and they don't engage in diet talk and they also are really active and they'll eat healthy but then they'll also eat whatever you know treats or whatever but it's not treats to them it's just food so I I, I've seen other people and I know sort of what I'm striving for Mm -hmm. but that can be hard too because you know everyone's different and I I'm not sure if I'll ever get there. I don't know if that's part of my journey, but it's definitely something that I'm striving towards. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, what you're trying to do is make things less charged and everything feel more neutral. Definitely. And when I, when I do a workout, I want it to not be such a big thing in my head because sometimes I'll do a workout and I'll be like, yes, good job, Mel. That was amazing. You know. But then by giving it so much power, then when I don't do a workout, then it's the opposite where I feel guilty for not doing it so you're right it is just very charged so you're right I think I would like it for me to be more neutral maybe and that's what I think being a blob would be (laughs) (laughs) so if you were a blob what is the value of exercise then um I think the value of exercise is well, one thing for me, and I don't know how blobs age, but one thing for me <laughs> is slap on I've, all the sunscreen. <laughs> I've always um, known that I want to be like an active older person. And I think like I've just seen like my grandma, you know, be really active and she's a walker. And I also love to walk. And sometimes I, it's, I have this like really big goal of like, when I'm older, I really want to be active. And then I have to remind myself that if I want to be active when I'm older, then I need to get into the habit now. And I need to, especially when my body is like really, you know, limber and like things are pretty good doing, you know, we're doing pretty good. I really need to build that habit now. So again, I don't know how the blobs age, but maybe the benefit would be to build a routine and to build a lifestyle so that I can continue doing it. And I guess the main benefit would be like endorphins and helping my mental health. And then also just to have something as like a hobby and, and to build up like strength and endurance is really um, like motivating to me. Um, So that's why like, yeah, I feel pretty, I, I really love that analogy. Thank you for sharing with me because I think I can think about that now and, and maybe try to, take some of that on where if I just didn't think about the way that I looked, how would, how would I want to move? I think that's a special realization. Cause I think that takes the stress out of it. Definitely. Yeah, no, I think that I, and every, anytime I do work out at the end of it, when you get that, you know, those endorphins, I'm always like, I wish that I could just bottle this feeling 
And I could remind myself, you know, next time when I'm not feeling like doing it, just kind of remind myself what the reward is and how you'll, you'll feel. And, and sometimes it really is like an anxiety reducer for me, or like if I'm having a stressful day, if I do a lunchtime workout, I'll always come back to it, like way clearer headed and I think that also brings up the point of, I was giving this a lot of thought last week and it reminds me of the people that you mentioned, right? The people who are effortlessly doing the things to take care of themselves without that much thought. And the the difference between that type of person and where you are right now. I think the biggest difference is there is this intrinsic want in that, that type of person where they want to do the movement. They want to eat the nourishing foods. It's just a natural innate want. And then in this situation, I feel like there's sometimes where you get into your head and you think I should do this. I shouldn't do this. I should do that. Would you kind of agree that there's more of a want in one case and more of a should in another Absolutely. Yeah. I do think when I see people who are kind of the way that I want to be, I see that they are just enjoying it. Like they're doing it because they enjoy it. You know, like they're waking up early to go and do their workout or whatever, because they, they want to. And I I think part of it for me is I, I see that sometimes it can be like a feedback loop where like they want to do it because when they do it, they feel good. I'm assuming, I'm, I'm assuming that they wouldn't do it because, and then after they feel bad, I think for myself, I sometimes, I think in the beginning, and this goes for food and exercise, I sort of need to have some discipline with myself so that I can get into a spot where I'm really actually wanting to do it. And I'm enjoying doing it when I'm feeling good. It's like, it's, it's kind of like, I just gain motivation. And sometimes when I've been in too long of a period where I haven't exercised, it's like you almost forget what it even feels like to move your body. And, and for, you know, as I mentioned, there was years where I, I was, I was pretty happy. Like I was pretty, you know, when I was just eating whatever and not really exercising, I was pretty happy. And because it was just a different, it was just a different stage in my life, I guess that's what I needed then. And I think what I need now is different. So um, I guess everyone's journey really will be different. I'm resisting the urge to just ask you all of these (laughs) dietitian questions. No, go for it. I would love to answer. (laughs) Well, I guess what came up for me right then was I was just thinking, because I'm thinking like, oh, everyone's journey is different. And um, I know that you probably work with a variety of different individuals, but what are maybe like some of the most common things that people bring to you or like looking for guidance on? Mm -hmm. Such a great question. I think everyone's initial question is always, how do I lose weight? That is on most people's minds. Yeah. So I live in the Bay area and my full-time job is working as a corporate dietitian for these tech companies in the Bay. So a lot of who I see are like people our age working in tech as engineers, product managers, things like that. That's so interesting. And some people are purely in it to lose weight. And some people have this knowledge of, okay, I'm coming from a place of body appreciation and I want to do this in a more sustainable way. But at the end of the day, every time I peel back the layers, it's never really about the food. It's always about the relationship with the food that needs a little bit of thinking about and reflection. For example, someone came to me initially a year ago wanting to to maintain his drastic weight loss. He had lost X amount of 
weight and he was very obsessive about counting calories. And it was really sucking the joy out of his relationship with food. And the more I got to know him, it really was, how do we be flexible? How do we take a step back and think about food in a more holistic way? And it took months and months and months of peeling back the layers to identify how to have fun in social situations, how Mm -hmm. to listen to his body, what his body even wanted, what were the signals, what was too much, what was too little, how was his hunger? And finally, he's at this place where he can go into social situations, eat the food, enjoy himself, not feel guilt, and also learn to listen to what he needs. So it's this culmination of all of these different pieces. People come into me with very simple problems, but then as we like mm-hmm. dig deeper, it's it's never about the food, it's other things. <laughs> That's so interesting. And it makes, yeah, it's so interesting. Makes me feel like, I guess, a bit better too, that most people come to you saying, I want to lose weight because it. I think that like, yeah, there's a bit of like, shame and kind of like oh is that okay and it's not so much that I want to lose weight again like I don't I don't it doesn't matter how much I I weigh it's more so like fat loss I guess I would be looking at I think what that person's journey was is probably what most people want is like you know something sustainable that you can enjoy your life and you can feel healthy and feel good and that's really what I'm after too is like you know, if I'm going to sort of repair my relationship with food and exercise. And these are things that like, we interact with daily, you know, like we can't really, (laughs) you can't just not interact with food and not interact with exercise. So it makes sense that there's so many people that, you know, need to work on that relationship and not everyone has it figured out. So yeah, that made me feel good (laughs) that other people are kind of on similar journeys. Totally. And I think for a lot of people, especially in this day and age, everyone knows the science and the facts and the numbers around food and like, you know, what's logically healthy or play foods or things like that, right? We kind of all know that. Most people know too much. And Mm. (laughs) my job is to step in and peel back the layers and identify what's your balance, right? You, You already know too much. Is it serving you? Let's take it back a few notches. And I like to think of it in, in this sort of Venn diagram. And you might've seen this on my Instagram before where we have this bubble, the logical mind, right? The healthy bubble. We know that sunshine is good for us. Water is good for us. A walk is good for us. Logically, we know the things that serve us. But then if we're 100% healthy all the time, we become robots and we're not robots for a reason. We have emotions and empathy and feelings and that's what makes us human. And so then we have the emotion bubble, right? Where we have feelings. And sometimes we eat to, to kind of honor those feelings, whether it's happiness or comfort or stress. And usually that starts off really appropriate, but sometimes it gets to be a little bit too much and we over-index on the emotions and the eating. We all know that line for us as individuals and we know when it's no longer serving us. And then finally, we have the physical sensations that we feel day to day, feel thirst at different times of day. We feel varying levels of appetite. And so sometimes like eating salads five times in a row is not actually that helpful. We probably need to sprinkle in a few heavy meals because that's what our body wants. And sometimes after a few heavy meals, we want a vegetable. And so (laughs) if we keep all of those things in mind, right, what's logically good for me, but also honoring my emotions as a human, and also my body is telling me that that is kind of the trifecta and finding that center on a daily basis is the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That is, that is so helpful. And it 
kind of reminds me like when I, when I'm on vacation, I feel like my body is really like, has, does a really good job at like regulating itself because often I'll be like indulging a lot. And then it'll be like, my body will be like needs salad now. And I always (laughs) kind of like feel good in that moment because I'm like, okay, body, like you're doing your job. Like you, like we were just enjoying and indulging, but then you were like, we don't feel good anymore. Like we need to, and maybe like being on vacation, it's like when I'm not working, maybe I am more like in tune with my hunger cues and with things like that. But I always feel that my body does such a good job of like giving me signals when I'm, when I'm on vacation. That is something to channel. Yeah. Maybe I need to go on vacation a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) Just stay there. Yeah. Well, my last question to you then is if you were to imagine that version of Melanie who is on vacation 24 seven, living her Mm -hmm. best life and feeling really tuned in and happy and nourished and healthy, what would that version of Melanie say to you right now? Um, I would say, you know, you're on the right track and it's good for you to talk to people about this. It's helpful to, to be open about it and to work through it. And, you know, you're going to learn new information. It's so funny how you say people know too much because I totally get that. Because even for me, when I went into, you know, studying, I'm like, yeah, I knew too much then. And then I, I probably even know too much now and kind of disconnecting from that and sort of being like, I'm not, I'm not a scientist and I'm not like a food (laughs) expert, you know, like I'm just a regular person and I just need to see what feels good to my body. So I was going to say like, you know, you're going to learn new information every day. That's going to help you on your journey, but that information is not going to be like food facts. You know, it's going to be things like you just um, were talking about, about the diagram and things that like tools that will be helpful to you. I would just say to her, like, keep going. It's not as far off as you think. I think that I'm going to, I'm putting it out into the universe that I'll be in that place, you know, sooner than I might think right now. I guess that's kind of counterintuitive because I'm saying that, but you know, I think my history has shown that I had so many years and years of kind of a tumultuous relationship with it. But I do think that it'll be, it'll be soon that things will level out for me. And then I hope to, you know, stay there and then just continue, you know, enjoying life and food and exercise and, And then hopefully I can be the role model to people that I'm looking at now, you know, like I'm looking at wanting to be more like, so that's what I would say to her. I love that message. I think you are well on your way and the stuff that you're sharing on social media is so valuable. Like I just watched your video. It was on your YouTube channel on body image and what you were struggling with. And I think so many people would relate and just you're that big sis that everyone needs and watching that probably is so comforting for so many people. Thank you. Where can everyone find you and connect with you, Melanie? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Melanie Loren, M-E-L-A-N-I-E. L-A-U-R-E-N-E. And then on YouTube, same name. And then on TikTok, it's your internet big sis. And I would just love to connect with anyone who who is listening. And thank you so much, Elise, for having me on the podcast. I totally pronounced your last name the most American way possible, Lorene. So that's okay. (laughs) Most most people, most people don't quite know how to pronounce it. It's no problem at all. Well, it was so lovely having you and I can't wait to keep in touch.